Well, I'll see your up in the air, and I'll give you up. Um, going into Oscar night, here's how I'm counting this as a precursor. There are no precursors for best picture up. Um, not counting any of the best animated feature ones, because that's not the category we're talking about. So Up had no type of best film precursors going into Oscar night. And it became the third best, or it became the third animated, no, second animated film to be nominated for best picture. The next year it would be Toy Story 3. That was the third one. Um, In Up, we are watching the love and kindness of a person die in the first 15 minutes which pulls everyone's heartstrings and then watching it be reborn with the kindness of a young, young stranger and this little boy taking this old man for an adventure of imagination and, and joyfulness and kindness. And it is a hell of a trip. So Brandon, what do you think of up? I really enjoy up. I think it's a charming, delightful, sometimes goofy, sometimes surprisingly suspenseful uh, little movie. I think the characters are so lovely. I love uh, both the old man and the the little boy. Um, I also love animated films where two of the main characters can be these sort of cantankerous old geezers. Um, of course, we have the main guy and then the the guy who winds up being the villain. Uh, maybe it's because I feel so seen when kids' movies have old people in them. I don't know. But um, it's a movie with a lot of imagination and whimsy behind it. Like, I would imagine, and this is not shade in any way, I would imagine, like, the idea for Up probably came from, like, a kid's drawing of, like, a house that's flying through the clouds by the by the strength of a bunch of balloons. Like, it seems like something a child would think of, which is so perfect for what this movie is. And so I really dig the imagination of it all. Um, It's a really fun movie with great characters. And I actually find the whole, like, chase at the end, when they're, like, in the blimp, in the house, like, running from each other in the sky, very terrifying, actually. And I find it very effective. Uh, How do you feel about it? I love this movie so much. Um, I There are certain movies that I can only watch once because if I watch it again, I have had movies where I watch it again and the magic is gone because it isn't the same experience that I had the first time watching it with my feelings and my emotions. And Up is included in that. I have not seen this since it came out. I did not want to revisit it for this because I need to hold on to what I felt when I saw this 10 years ago. And this is a movie that you run the gamut on of emotions, just like another Pixar film called Inside Out. And this movie starts off like any other Pixar film. You think, you know, you're in for a fun ride. It's, it's delightful and cheerful. And then in that first 15 minutes of watching the old man lose his wife, you are sobbing. You are crying. You are feeling every sad emotion adjective possible. And it, you, you're kind of on the same page with this old man. Like it really makes you kind of root for him in a way. And you understand where he's coming from. But then you have this 
delightful little child who is the little child in all of us to remind us that we're still alive and we're still here and we need to take on everything that life throws at us. And it is just such a warm, delicious little movie. And it is one of those movies that have stood the test of time, animation-wise, especially, too, by not getting a sequel. Because it didn't need one. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't need anything past its end credits. And that is a, that's a testament to a really good fucking movie in this day and age. So, I think Up is just glorious. Yeah, I think the the voice performances from Ed Asner and Christopher Plummer especially sell the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the, the character of Carl, the Ed Asner character. I find him so charming, even when he's being kind of an asshole. Like, mm-hmm. there's something really warm about how bitter he is. And I really dig it. And then Christopher Plummer is just... I don't know if evil is the right word, but he is so driven that it's frightening in a way because you know he's sort of he's this like old school explorer who is sort of humiliated because people thought he was a fake and then he went back to find the the snipe or whatever that bird is called and bring it back to the state so people he can prove to people that he really did see all the things he saw and he's been there in the jungle for years trying to find this thing that this little boy just happens to find by accident And he's been there so long, this uh, Charles character, that he's sort of driven kind of mad in a way. It kind of reminds me of like Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now, but in a much more, but in a much more approachable, family friendly way. Because he's been in this place and like the thing that he wants more than anything so that he can go back and have the fame and the accolades that he so desires and in a way kind of deserves was just discovered by happenstance by this dumb little boy and he becomes quite vicious and i think christopher Plummer really nails the character that 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 character really comes to life through his voice dude the marlon brando comparison is just blew my mind because that is like perfect yeah, I love it. I, I enjoy this. But like I said, I haven't been able to see it since it came out because I don't want to not experience the same thing I experienced the first time. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I did revisit this one. And maybe it's because I knew what was going to happen. But I think it is true that it wasn't quite as effective on me now as when I saw it in the theaters when it first came out, particularly that first 10, 15 minutes. Um, and I mean, this is a movie that's frequently cited for its like devastating opening. Like when it comes to like really sad openers, Up is usually at the top of the list. Um, But it's such a well done opening that really sets the stage for everything that's gonna come. It sets up everything with the whole explorer thing and the house and that little destination in Venezuela that they're trying to get to. And you understand why Carl is so hesitant to leave his home as like construction literally surrounds his house because his like plot of land is like the last thing that this corporation or whatever has been able to attain. And so there's throwing up skyscrapers all around his house and he refuses to leave because it's where he and Ellie made a life. And it very carefully gives you all the exposition that you need for the entire movie visually 
in a very short span of time while also completely ripping your heart out at the same time. So it's very sneaky in a way, and I think it's very carefully done. So I'm into it. Yeah, plus two, if there's anything that up being in this lineup really made me kind of appreciate, it's the fact that this lineup grew to be 10 nominations to (laughs) honor a film like Up. Because I feel like had 10 nominations been available last year, we would have seen Wally in Best Picture, which I think it deserved a Best Picture nomination. So I, I appreciate what, you know, Beauty and the Beast opened the door for in 91 and then Up was able to continue in 2009. So our next Best Picture nominee is Inglorious Bastards. It is nominated for the Golden Globe for Drama, and it wins the SAG Ensemble Award. So it definitely had uh, an eye on Best Picture. And Inglorious Bastards tells the story of a ragtag group of Nazi-hunting Jews in Nazi-occupied France. Simultaneously, it is a story of a movie theater owner who is hatching her own Nazi-killing plan, which... uh, has a great deal of personal vengeance behind it. So thoughts on Inglorious Bastards. Ooh, that's a bingo. I love Inglorious Bastards. It is my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. I think this is the best Tarantino's ever been, and we're never going to see him at this level again because he just fucking was not going to be able to achieve the success of storytelling he did here. Like any fucking normal, sane, goddamn person with a mind and heart, I fucking hate Nazis. And I appreciate any movie that is going to take these bastards out. And I think what Tarantino did here was he was able to give you the anger of Nazi-occupied Europe from different character perspectives. Not just the bear Jew. And not just you know, Dominic DeCoco, and not just Melanie Laurent's character. He was able to put them all in one so we experience the pain and the anger from each and every single one of these characters. And each and every single one of these characters you root for, except for, you know, the Christoph Waltz character and, and obviously Hitler and all these other horrible, horrible people. And so in a way, what Tarantino did here I think is what he made his own Avengers movie. Essentially you're getting all of these superheroes in the form of soldiers and people who want to take out Nazis and just beating the shit out of them. And I think it is beautiful storytelling. I think the Tarantino esque style of filmmaking by putting everything in chapters works so smoothly and blends together perfectly. And I just, I love this movie. What do you think about it? I agree. I think this could very easily be Quentin Tarantino's best film. Um, And yet, I don't think it's my favorite, but I think it's his best. I think there's a distinction there. I think um, everything that's great about Quentin Tarantino really comes together here. Um, His masterful skill as a director is really shining here. That opening scene with Londa and the family under the floorboards is so expertly crafted and so suspenseful. And I think that's some of the best dialogue in Tarantino's body of work. And that whole opening is just so scary because you don't know at any moment what's going to happen. And when Londa 
brings in his guys and points at the floorboards and they just start turning the floorboards into Swiss cheese and you think the family's all dying. It's brutal. And um, Tarantino doesn't hold anything back with this movie. Um, and I really like the breadth of this movie, that he was smart enough to open up this story. So that we're really following, like, what, three different groups of people, in a way. So we have, like, the, the Nazi hunters, and we have Shoshana, and then we also have the Nazis off doing their thing. Um, and we're able to balance between all these different characters and seeing how their stories intertwine and come together. And it's really well done across the board. I think the acting is also uh, very great. I mean, they're not nominated here, so I guess we can talk about them. Uh, I think Melanie Laurent is especially great as Shoshana. Um, I think she very easily could have been nominated here. Um, I also really enjoy Brad Pitt. It might be one of my favorite performances of him. Um, and uh, Daniel Bruhl is also very, uh, very dark in here and kind of like sexy in that way that you don't really want to find him sexy because he's a Nazi and he's also really charming in a really twisted way because you don't really want to find him charming. And it's really fucked up in a way that Tarantino is able to pull off really well. Um, and I also dig the, uh, what do you call it? The alternative history of it all, where he's kind of just saying, fuck it, this is my history. And he kind of just does whatever you want with it. And historical context is out the window. And he kills Hitler and Nazis in a flaming movie theater because fuck yeah. And I think I can kind of get behind it. I really dig it. And what better way to punctuate your movie than with having one of the probably greatest movie villains of all time getting a swastika carved into his forehead so he'll yeah. never be able to run away from his past um it's a really cool movie and i really dig it i think it's probably tarantino's best across the board yeah i agree um and i like too that this is a movie where you really don't ex <sighs> when you see it the first time you don't expect the people who die to die like, I remember seeing it and not expecting Shoshana to die or Diane Kruger. What well, fuck, what is her character's name in this? So, like, uh, I didn't expect her to die, especially being strangled in the uh, movie theater, you know, side room. Um, and I do agree. I think, well, Kruger got a SAG nomination for Best Supporting Actress. And I think, honestly, had Monique not been there, I think she would have won. Um, but I, if I'm, and I think Shoshana, uh, Melanie Laurent is also worthy, but if I'm going to, if it's going to be like head to head, I'm going to give it the win to Kruger. I think she does a, a little bit more for me in this. If we're talking I, the actresses really quick, um, then, uh, Laurent, but I think they're all great. I do agree. I think this is one of Brad Pitt's best performances. And of course, this is the movie that introduced to American cinema, um, Christoph Waltz and, so here's the thing, too. Americans are very lazy when it comes to foreign film because of the subtitles. I actually just this week, uh, the weekend I got back from Vegas, actually, yeah, I just got to see Parasite. For, well, I saw it for the second time, but I got to see it for the first time in theaters. And there was a couple in front of my friend and I who didn't realize that it was a South Korean film and subtitles who didn't last five minutes. And as they were leaving, they're like, fuck this reading the movie. So, like, 
Inglorious Bastards gave American audiences a taste into foreign film because half of it is in another language, maybe even more than half. And so it forced them to not be lazy and watch this movie. And I think maybe if we got more movies like this made in this country that people would appreciate foreign film more. I don't know. That's just me. Um, But I think it's great. Yeah, I think uh, Diane Kruger definitely has a striking presence as uh, Bridget von Hammersmark. Yes. Uh, She has a very uh, Marlena Dietrich, Ingrid Bergman feel to her. And... Mm -hmm. I really dig it. There's just something about Shoshana's story that just resonates with me a little bit more. I think she has a little bit more oomph to her character, even though mm-hmm. Diane Kruger is definitely pulling off a very icy and strong presence that I really dig. And her death scene is just heartbreaking. Um, I remember that she died, but I, cause I remember that most people die in this movie, but uh, how exactly it, go, it comes about was a refresher for me when I went to revisit this. And you really feel for her. It kind of reminded me of the choking scene in uh, Cuckoo's Nest with um, ah. Nurse Ratchet in a way. Yes. Uh, it was that, that same vibe. And uh, yeah, I could see either of these women getting in here. Um, would you say they're both supporting? Yeah, because this, I mean, like most Tarantino films, this is an ensemble piece. Yeah. Um, so if something's automatically on ensemble, for me, it's automatically supporting. I agree. They're both supporting in this. I, yeah. I have a hard time saying anyone's a lead. I guess if you're going to say anyone, maybe Brad Pitt. But even then, that it's really writing the line for me. I'd be okay with him in supporting as well. But he'd probably be the one that if anyone's lead, I guess it's Brad Pitt. See, and that's where I think you and I would differ. Because I, for me, I think if anyone is going to be lead here, it's actually Vaults. Hmm. Because he is connected into every storyline. Maybe. So, I could see the argument for it. I still think it's cool that he's in supporting, though, given the ensemble nature of it all. Oh, yeah. And I do believe he's also um, the longest runtime supporting actor winner ever. Oh, really? For, for screen time, yeah. Again, I could be wrong, but I do believe I'm right on that little fact. You have been listening to a clip from one of our Academy Queens bonus episodes. If you would like to hear all of this episode and the rest of our sensational bonus content, please prance on over to patreon.com slash academyqueens and join our queendom.